millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is a farmer-led podcast, the Farm's Voice podcast. So thank you for tuning in. For those that farm it, service it, or just outright love it, we bring you the techniques and technologies you need to motivate and implement into your day to improve it one way or another. Make sure you share the farm's advice to make another farmer's day. Let's get into this episode. G'day and welcome back to another episode of Farm's Advice. And to start this year off, I thought it would be good to have a reminder about how it is to be working on farm and also the risk that come along with it. The safety measures that we can put in place to enhance our daily routine, but also to make sure you're there at the end of the day also. So let's get into this episode with Regional Work Place Safety, Shay Clifford. He's been on a journey to help farmers and outside industry as well, but he's really keen on getting farmers up to scratch and making sure they are putting in those measures just so they can go home to their families, whether you're an employee or you're running the farm, owning the farm as well. So let's get in and talk to Shay. Shay, how are you going today? Yeah, good. Thanks, Jack. Good, mate. Good to have you on the podcast, starting off pretty fresh into 2022. Last, the end of last year wore me out a fair bit doing the podcast farming and a bit of marketing on the side as well. So it's good to be fresh faced and going into 22. Yeah. Um, 22 uh hopefully it's going to be better than 21 but we said that about 21 so i'm I'm hoping hoping that this is a better year yeah absolutely it's looking all over this side for climate wise it's going pretty good we haven't had too many hot days um but that's to say over in the west they've had a fair few hot runs over there with the fires and everything we only just copped it a couple of days ago here in south australia so 
had a big storm come through, um, a heap of rain pretty much everywhere but the mid-north, yep. um, which is where I'm from. Uh, so, yeah, heaps of flooding, um, lots of uh, activity around with lightning strikes, fires. Um, yeah, it's it's been pretty wicked to watch, but unfortunately no rain. Yeah, and, and no state's the same. We've had too much rain. You've had no rain. WA's got fires and Queensland floods and everything else. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's gonna get any better um for the next couple of years, but we'll see. No, definitely not. Well, anyway, let's get down to agribusiness and before we do though, let's find out a bit about who Shay is and how you got into this role, your connection to ag. Uh yeah, well I was I was born into farming. Um I was born in Snowtown actually. Uh bodies in the barrels if everyone's uh across that. Um but Unfortunately, mum and dad didn't last long enough uh, for, for myself and my younger brother to take over the farm. Uh, everything was sold up um, and it took about a decade or so before mum remarried to a local farmer. Um, and a lot of people would know uh, Nick Ashby. Um, he knows, tends to know everyone he walks past, which is sometimes frustrating, but it's pretty amazing at the same time. Uh, so, yeah. He just, at the moment, farming, bit of sheep, um, had a feedlot um, with about 1,200 head of cattle. That stopped the last couple of years, but we are looking at possible options there. Um, I'd like to say that I was probably a great help out the farm, um, but I was between the age of 15 and 20, and boys being boys, I was pretty bad at applying myself to much. Um, Mum and Nick, uh, they've still got the farm um, and we, I still take my four kids out there about once a week and I get dragged into the shearing. Um, love the farm, don't love shearing. Uh, <laughs> fell, I fell into safety. Um, it's not, it wasn't really my passion and I got brought up by a dad that his favourite saying is, she'll be right, mate. And that was probably my favourite saying for a long time. Um but yeah, it's my farming and, and civil construction is really where my skill set is, um, and I've got a passion to improve it. Uh, my, I had, I did have a. We we're talking just before we started recording about how things hit close to home sometimes with accidents. Uh, mine was a, a local bloke that if he hears this, um, he'll know straight away I'm talking about him. But he had a fall from a from a stock crate. Um, and he's been in a wheelchair ever since. Um, so that still is hard to talk about. Yep. Um, he's an absolute champion. Um, and there's no way I'd be as strong as him. No way in hell. Uh, but he's, it's, it's, he suffered a farming accident that just really shouldn't have happened. And I guess that's where my interest started. Yeah, definitely. It's a huge sort of how broad do you go with your risk when you start talking about farming and safety and everything like that. Um, where do you start and how do you start it? But your your company introduces to RWS and what it's all about. Yeah, my company was established in 2019. It was designed to assist farmers um, and, and trucking, I suppose. Um, and I was hoping one day it'd be like a national advisory and assistance business. Um, but I found it really hard to get my foot in the door in agriculture. Um, it's still not a great um, industry to, to break the door down on. Um, safety's 
really frowned upon. Um, it's seen as costly red tape, something to hide from or avoid. So I, I'm trying to break down that stigma. Um, I have been a national advisor for corporate companies in the past. So I've got about 10 years experience doing that. Um, and I guess uh, moving across or moving back to agriculture where I first started, um, you know, I've had mates lose fingers and things and, and, to this day, they still laugh about it and say, oh, geez, I'm lucky I didn't lose my arm. And I'm like, well, you could have, you could have uh, prevented losing the fingers in the first place, mate. Um, so uh, I don't know. I've just got a, the business is designed at helping agriculture, but we've got uh, roughly 40 clients at the moment spreading all over South Australia. Um, I'm trying to break down the market in other areas. You're based in Victoria. Uh, the legislation over there is, a bit tighter in some areas. New South Wales, I oh, am. Yeah. Uh, oh, New South Wales. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, Victoria's got a pretty difficult legislation um, to follow. Uh, New South Wales, not too bad. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's all very confusing. I, I just think safety's a lot easier um, than, than what people give it the bad rap for. Yeah, definitely, and putting in, like, the safety precautions, especially for family farmers. Corporate are probably doing it a bit more. We spoke about earlier, and it's a bit easier probably for you to access those farms because they're sort of pushed into safety, and hopefully they're not pushed too hard because really we need the workers to be safe. There's been a few, like, things going around online of risks or whatever that young fellas have been taking. I was on Triple J's hack program about oh, yeah. yep. like young blokes in big machinery, headers, tractors at planting time and also at harvest time, they were jumping out the rig and getting video of it as or live on TikTok um, as they were and then sort of showboating about what they're doing. But they're also running a pretty big piece of equipment and it could be a couple of seconds before it's all over and no one would know because you, have, you can't contact them after you've been hit. Nah, it's a it's a pretty uh, it's pretty amazing to see some of the videos. Um, I've seen guys jump off the tractor and and run around the back of the hay baler and and jump through that and come out wrapped up in hay. Um, it's it's absolutely mental uh, to think that to think that that's all right. Um, everyone's got to laugh and you get five million hits on YouTube and that sort of stuff. But uh, if it went wrong. Um, a silly, dicky little video like that can uh, can end in much different consequences. Hundred percent. I can't yeah. can't really think of a time I've wanted to jump in a hay bale <laughs> or even well, in a silage wrap one. Mate, I I used to work out the silos in my younger years, and I couldn't stand being itchy, no. um, and I couldn't imagine jumping through the hay bale. So yeah, not advisable. Absolutely. So, mate, let's jump into a bit of it. And, like, for a scenario, just a family farm, you've got yourself, husband and wife team, and then a couple of workers under you. What are some safety precautions or even processes we can start to set up for these farms to allow them to have um, feel like they're managing their safety and keeping their employees and themselves safe on farm? Yeah, I'd say that it's common sense, but sometimes it's not. Um, 
having a mum and dad farm uh, with family workers only is often a lot easier. Um, you bring them up, you have influence on them, all that sort of thing. And, um, and people tend to work with common sense and it was ingrained into them. But these days, common sense can't be used. We can't even talk about it. Um, it's uncommon to be common now. Yep. So, um, yeah, when it's probably it's more stressful when we start taking on workers or contractors. Um, contractors are our workers. So don't think that there's a different, um, you know, 10 foot clown pole between you and them. It's not like that. Um, so once you have workers, you really need to demonstrate that you've inducted them into the risks of your farm. So you might be a cattle farmer only. Um, and that means that you take them down around the feedlot and in the pens and probably explain to them what the risks are there whether or not they've got 30 years experience or not you still need to take them through that and it should be recorded um, so no one really does that in in my area and I have been trying to school people up on that particularly with the all the footy boys that I play with um, I try and give them a bit of advice there induct your workers have their sign off on that and then even verify that they they're competent to use a machine um, even your augers like you could have a little one pager worker competency check on making sure they know how to use those machines. Um, all these things sound like it's over the top and it's daunting, but if, if something happens and you need to try and produce evidence of internal training or yep. showing that workers are aware of the risks, like you can't use hearsay. You can't say, Oh, we went through that. It took a whole day or I supervised him for a week. Like where's where's the evidence of that? That's what you want. You need evidence. Yeah, and I think it needs to be a bit more than your notepad that you write your stock numbers down in as well. Yeah, well, um, yeah, the old landmark notepad um, yeah. in the top pocket. Yeah. Well, a, a diary is if you kept notes in a diary, um, that that can be used as a legal document if you were prosecuted and you had to take that to law or to to court. Sorry. Yep. Um, so that, that can be seen as a legal document. You jotting down things in there is better than nothing. Um, so I would always start there, but yes, there's, there's much better. We've, we've got all sorts of one page templates that we just get one off sign off from people, um, to say that we've been through something and it just protects the business a little bit more and makes things a little bit easier to claim insurance and things like that, which is probably the, the second step to, uh, after an incident yeah definitely and it also actually runs the employee through what they are competent in and what they aren't we actually had to do that i did cert three or four or something at tafe a few years ago and we we were ticked off in our competency um and if you if you couldn't ride the four-wheeler have the helmet on properly and everything like that you weren't really ticked off on that um whether or not you went ahead and road back home on the four-wheeler but it just also gives you <laughs> gives you that um assurance as well as the farmer if you make this competency checklist one yeah pager. well that that's that's probably getting a little bit off um topic but quad bikes you know that for some reason and not to throw stones at queensland but uh that's most of the time where the incidents are happening um they they have been talking about introducing licenses and things for quad bikes now yeah. I grew up on those things. I enjoyed throwing my little brother off the back of it, um, doing donuts in the paddock. 
Uh, now, that's fun, but at the same time, like people are now dying from rollovers and losing control of these things. Uh, and now you look at it and you go, yeah, you know what, well, that, that could be a bit stupid, but the guys that are, um, I wouldn't say all of them, but have they been deemed competent on those machines? Are they riding them in the right areas? I don't know. Um, there's just been a bunch of silly accidents rolling down hills or hitting trees and things. And yeah. it's just everything I look at from a safety point of view is, is avoidable. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's hard to manage that one. And it's like a pretty big topic for agriculture. Four-wheelers, some people hate them, some people love them. Um, and those that have been impacted by an accident on their farm are probably hating them for sure. and wanting to improve the risk or even get rid of them as they have they've stopped bringing them into australia and the prices have skyrocketed because farmers yep. still want them so that yep. means the risk is still there it hasn't gone away how how can we like sort of attack that as a farming family yeah i've got um a, a bloke down the road from me uh maybe 15 k's away um now he's replaced his his motorbikes with those uh with the gators Side-by-side uh, things, yep. Yeah. Um, now, the, I know legislation's come in for four-wheelers to have uh, tip-over bars yep. um, or roll-over prevention bars. Uh, now, you roll off a cliff, it's not going to help you, but um, those sorts of things are stopping the machine from rolling over onto the person, which is often how they're killed. Um, motorbikes are just one of those things um, we, we use every day without thinking about it. Um, there's probably higher risks on the farm that I would worry about before worrying about motorbikes. Uh, and if you're concerned about four wheelers, just, uh, just don't use them or don't allow yep. workers to use them. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And so like looking at a farm, should we look at the priorities, the, what the machines we probably touch the most throughout the day, the week or whatever we use the most, um, and then dribble down from there. What's, what's your high risk and what's your low risk? Two employees. Yeah. Yep. So, um, which this may, your listeners may um, laugh at me here, but tractors are actually classified as high risk plant. Now, that puts them in the same boat as uh, 300 ton excavators. Um, it puts them in the same boat as forklifts um, and big telehandlers, uh, um, shipping container carriers. It puts them all in the same boat as that. Now, I think tractors are safe um, if they're used correctly. Um, but there's people, there's too many people dying from these, um, from operating tractors and things going wrong. Leaving the cab is obviously a risk that we do take sometimes. Um, I advise against that. Uh, working on slopes where the tractor eventually rolls over, uh, people getting entangled in PTOs, there's stuff still happening around tractors that shouldn't be um, and then the same goes for telehandlers um, or tractors with forks and us carrying hay around and we're in a rush so we overload it and we balance it and we try and load trucks quicker or load sheds higher um, the, all these little things set alarms off in my head because uh, take hay bales for example um, they're silent if they're going to come down they're silent, and before you can get out of the way, it's uh, it's it's normally clocked you. So, just I'd start with plant. I'd definitely start with your machinery. 
um, making sure that uh, anyone that's inexperienced would have uh, an induction into those sorts of things or go through the safe operating procedure or um, make them read a component of the operator's manual. Um, that's why operator's manuals should be kept on there and not just thrown out or, uh, or spilt your coffee on. Um, making sure that uh, these people that are inexperienced are supervised or you verify that they can use these things. It's just going to avoid things from going wrong. Um, and it's actually interesting stats on in the latest 2021 report from SafeWork um, Australia. It's not the inexperienced ones that are being injured and killed. Um, you're actually twice as likely to be injured or killed if you're above the age of 55. And you're four times more likely to be injured or killed above the age of 65. So these guys are, are often very experienced people, um, maybe not as limber as what they used to be, but that's where the, the main issues are, are coming from. Is that from complacency in the workplace? Yeah, it's, it's due to lots of things. And when you, when you do look at it, it's, um, it's being struck by objects. Um, the majority of the fatalities are coming from vehicle accidents. So that includes things like tractors and trucks and, and things like that on the farm um, or in the workplace uh, classified as an agricultural workplace. Yep. Um, agriculture is the most dangerous industry in Australia. Uh, and that's based on just about every stat that they've got. It used to be construction, um, which is still very high up there. I think number two, um, but yeah, agriculture, it's not good to say agriculture is the most dangerous industry because we can sit here on this podcast and, and we probably disagree with that. Um, it, it just means that the stats are, are not um, very, yeah, it's not reflecting us very well, is it? No, well, I think as a farmer and as an employee in agriculture, if you, you'd be pretty, you're going pretty good if you don't know someone that's had an accident on your farm or someone else's farm just down the road, like accidents happen all too, they're all too common for us and trying to reduce those accidents is what your role is, but also we're trying to help advocate that awareness as well. Yeah, yep. Um, just there's there's other like legal um, compliance issues out in the farm when you start looking at working at heights, um, you start looking at confined spaces Yep. Now, all of these things, some some of these things or some of the controls they want you to have in place, I think is over the top from my point of view. Um, but in South Australia, if you have a potential of falling more than three metres, um, you've got to have full prevention PPE in place. You can't be jumping up into, you know, a, a, a box that's on forks without PPE on um, and everything's tethered and tied off. Uh, it's the same as climbing up um, the top of a silo. Uh, now, you, you're going to be above three metres there. You can't say, I'm holding on with three points of contact to the ladder because if you fall or you slip, um, there's too, too high um, potential there for catastrophic outcome. Um, confined spaces like your bins, um, you, it was common for us just to jump in the bottom of a bin and, and maybe shovel some wet grain out. Um, but we'd be working by ourselves uh, if something went wrong. We're there by ourselves with no emergency response. Uh, if there's 
lack of oxygen inside that um, silo, which is, which it can be quite likely. Um, yeah, you, you suffer asphyxiation and and die. <laughs> you, you're by yourself. So you should always have a second person on sites like that. Yep. Um, ventilate those areas, wear a mask, stuff like that. It's, uh, it's It seems like simple stuff, but we just overlook it a lot of the time. And which if you're a one or two man band, it's pretty hard to, you think, oh, stuff it. I'll just get it done today. Um, the wife or husband's coming home tomorrow, but I can't wait that long. But maybe you should just step back and wait until tomorrow to get that job done. Instead yeah, of ab- if you yeah. don't have the right tools in place. Yeah, yeah, you could it, it, you could definitely reschedule um, depending on what, what the job is. But we do we need you to look at controls like that. Rescheduling is is actually eliminating the, the risk to you completely on the day. Um, and you might have to come back the next day when you when your wife or your, your partner or your son or someone's yep. free to come and help you. Um, what we do these days in, in first aid courses, they uh, tell you to get the Emergency Plus app. So if you search Emergency Plus um, in your browser, it will come up, it will give you an option to download an app. And that actually gives you uh, a live access providing that you've got data on um, and your location and stuff. It actually gives you live access if you needed any help from emergency services to select which one you need. As soon as you press the button, um, it's dialing. They can pick up your GPS location. You can give them three words, which is called what three words. This works all over the globe. It's not Australian based. It's actually all over the globe. So if you use what three words, they can pinpoint you, I think, within three meters. Don't quote me on that. But three meters, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a really it's a game changer, particularly for those mum and dad type farmers that can't be together all the time. And we know that we have to work alone. Harvest, you might be sitting on the on the header for 12 hours straight. You are alone. Um, yeah. Same as seeding. Seeding, you're alone a lot of the time. So just have have an emergency response in place, multiple ways of communicating. So UHF, phone, um, that sort of thing. And just, you just got to plan for something going wrong. And I, I guess I want you to be prepared. I want all listeners to be prepared. If something does go wrong, I don't want you to flounder. I want you to react. I want you to assess what the danger is, what's happened. Do I need to remove that danger somehow? Who's hurt? How do I raise this alarm really quickly? And then how do I get an ambulance to me? Um, are they going to know where I am if I'm in the back paddock down near the scrub? Well, probably not. Uh, can I get the person to the main road or can I have someone out there flag the ambulance down? Just having being prepared like that is just something that we're not very good at, um, regardless of what industry you're in. Yeah, definitely. I don't think you can ever be over-prepared as well. Stocking, Even stocking up your first aid kit that you used four years ago or even yeah. renewing the bandages or even for snakes coming into this summer or nearly coming out of it now, we haven't seen too many around, but you can never be too careful with snake bites, mustering sheep, cattle, goats, pigs, whatever. Yeah, no, that's right. We've, we had a, a huge um, increase in snake numbers in South Australia. So locally, we've we've had a an uprise in in seeing brownies out there. So, yeah, you you obviously get a snake bite. You need to be able to react to that. And if it's an old bandage or a new bandage, just use the thing and and get to get to help. 
Yeah, that's it. As like as we speak, we keep coming up with more accidents on farm. What we should be doing before, but what can we do if an accident's happened? If we've got our processes in place, um, hopefully. But even if we don't, what's the best sort of route for someone, I know, coming off a tractor um, that may not have what three words at? Yeah, so and that's where I said about the communication. Um, the UHF's got to be there. Um, uh, you know that most people carry a phone these days. Um, yep. You see some pretty interesting TikToks and things from tractors. So <laughs> the phone's normally there. The UHF is normally there. Um, you're not going to be able to rely on too much else other than that. And and I guess that's why being prepared is the thing. Um, get hold of uh, someone uh, close by quickly and make sure that they're going to be home. So it's no use um, calling up on the UHF on, on your channel if the only one that's on it is your mum. And, yeah, who knows where she could be um, all over the farm or, or not near the UHF. So I don't know. It's just it's being prepared, raising that communication um, and assessing the injury, dealing with the injury first. And then after it, which is another thing that we need to improve um, just as humans would be reflecting on what happened and how yeah. to prevent it next time. So everyone should be able to, these days, sit back and, and self-reflect and find out or determine exactly what happened, why did it happen, what did you do wrong? Um, admit that you were wrong. Admit that you made a mistake or um, underestimated, overestimated and just make sure it doesn't happen again and share the learnings with others. Don't stop sharing learnings. Yeah, that's it. Even if you have your group of farmers, one's got the competent sheet for signing up new employees or whatnot, and then you could even just share that around as a document PDF to the other farmers just to make it that little bit easier and get it going so people in your area can stay a little bit safer as farmers yeah so i've got um i do i do have farmers as clients at the moment i'd love i'd love to have more um but because they've engaged me at some point i do have their mailing information yeah if something like that comes through to me i do share that whether or not they use that is entirely up to them um if it's specific to what they do um if they use uh, a telehandler and it was an accident with a telehandler they might want me to come out there and have a chat and go through some of these controls and just the compliance requirements with using machine like that it's different coming from a third party than what it is coming from the mum and dad or the director um, yep. or the owner it is different um, and I do go out there and do those sorts of presentations for for companies I'm happy for anyone to contact us and and jump on those mailing lists um, but yeah, sharing, learning, um, you don't stop learning till the day you die. So that's it. Even as farmers, we're learning new things every day. Um, and if we can stay safe within that, we can continue to do the job and keep growing the quality food that we do in Australia. Yep. Um, mate, and another one, when I was having a look around your website and noticed one thing that's quite a big topic for Australian agriculture and it's our mental health and where we are positioned, how we communicate it to others if we're not feeling great at the time, but we put a smile on our face and just say, 
yeah, my day was okay. Or she'll be right, like your old man used to say. Um, still says. Still says. Still says. <laughs> if he listens to this, he'll, he'll laugh because that's pretty much his favourite saying. Well, she'll be right or toughen up. Um, it's just not something that we use anymore, uh, particularly in the workplace. But mental health, uh, it really is something that has surprised me. Um, I was only, I'm 35 soon. Um, and I did the mental health first aid training when I was about 30. So I've been enlightened for about five years. Yeah. <laughs> the, the first 30 years, I was probably the she'll be right, toughen up princess type um, person that, yeah, you can't drop those comments anymore. It doesn't help someone that is struggling. Um, even if you joke about it, it actually doesn't help. It goes straight to the back of their mind and makes them feel less competent to take care of themselves. So it's no use using those comments. Um, the mental health first aid training, I do suggest for anyone that wants to get involved in that, uh, it does take two days um, and it really does go through so many different um, mental health related uh, issues um, and it's very common. One in two of us will have depression. Um, and I'm pretty sure that uh, that's on stats of uh, cases that have been reported. Imagine the, play, uh, the ones that haven't been reported. So I'd, I'd say most people would have depression at some point in their life. Um, it's, it just means that if you don't suffer from depression, you're probably not normal. <laughs> it means that um, those that suffer from depression are the, the normal type of people um, it is a common natural thing so I have looked around I have held mental health um, sessions that uh, go for about 20 minutes where we do chat about this sort of thing um, there are different ways you can understand um, say schizophrenia and things like that um, which is more common than you think as well try holding a conversation with someone while a third person whispers things into your ear through a rolled up piece of paper and you've got to try and remember the conversation and the whispered things in your ear it's really not easy but that's what goes on inside the head of someone with schizophrenia for example yeah. and that's why they can't remember things or or that they're a bit shady on some details um, and they just need a little bit of um, a little bit of help and that's what Aussies are pretty good at we all help each other uh, alcohol is not something that you should ever use to solve mental health. Um, it, it can make things much, much worse. But in saying that, and I've got to be careful um, as a health and safety advisor, but um, sometimes just seeing a mate and taking a six pack around to his place um, and having a chat is the best coping mechanism. Um, I've used it lots. I'll continue to use it. Um, not just because I like beer, but because talking to your mates um, definitely definitely helps you out. Um, the farm and regional areas will continue to present geographical issues to us um, and and not many people will understand them until you go out there and you spend time on the on the land by yourself or um, you know all the stresses of gambling every year on different crops. Um, you know, different stock. Do we upgrade? Do we downgrade? Do we um, ship everything off to Victoria and New South Wales where everything's a bit greener? <laughs> There's all sorts of things happening in this state that I know of. Um, and yeah, that can throw anyone into um, 
into a spiral. Absolutely. Even in a good year, we can be in a spiral. But for when like farmers do go through those bad years, uh, you can feel like that there's nothing else more that you can do. Um, but there's plenty of people out there, like you said, Aussies are always looking to give their mates a helping hand up. Um, but it's also to look for those cues as farmers, young farmers, older farmers, especially what the cues are if someone is struggling on farm and to see how they can help approach that as well. Yeah. So, you know, you definitely don't want people to, to act out of their comfort zone. If you know someone really well and they've completely changed, that's normally a sign that something's wrong. Um, so if they're an extrovert person out there, you can't shut them up. And then one day they're pretty quiet and they're in their box a little bit. That's a telltale sign to wait until they're alone, not in front of everyone. It's got to, you should approach them when they're alone. Just say, Hey mate, is everything all right? I've noticed you've been a bit quiet. Um, lots of, uh, different telltale signs with uh, different sexes, different ages. Um, so you've you really just got to know the person. And if you don't, um, generally when someone snaps a little bit quicker, um, if they're short with you, if they're not really switched on, um, sometimes they're more preoccupied with what's on their phone um, and they're, they're angry about it or even depressed about it, um, just keep note of what people are doing these days because particularly the younger ones you won't see it coming and that's that's speaking from locally here in the mid-north um yeah I, i could probably count five young people below the age of 25 um that have that have ended it um and it should never ever get to that point the parents blame themselves and it's not the parents fault um, and, you know, they have to live with it for the rest of their life. But you've also lost, you know, a potential, um, a potential human star that uh, could have been very beneficial to the human race. We just lose another one um, because they can't cope. Yeah. Now, after that, the, the ripple effect takes place and everyone feels a bit down and not really knowing what to do um, for that. But, yeah, as you know, mental health within agriculture is up there for one of the largest things we need to be aware of and what cues, social cues people are having. But what you say, if, if you know the person, you'll probably know if they're feeling out of whack, not not in the norm. So a few things there to take away. Yeah, just don't tell them to toughen up. <laughs> just remember that one, that you can't, you can't tell them that. Yeah, there was always this one bloke worked on our family farm, used to call me princess. I didn't take that too kindly. <laughs> when I was 12, but hopefully he, he grew out of that if you listen well, you, to this. You got the beard, mate, and uh, princesses can't grow beards. so Very true. I'll have to come back to right <laughs> Well, Shay, mate, thanks for coming on um, and taking us through your day-to-day and hopefully a few farmers can get something out of this and maybe even start to put together a bit of a rap sheet on how they can reduce the risk and improve their safety measures on farm um, and just probably get it down on a piece of paper. Competency-wise for employees, both young and old, as you said, the older fellas are probably the ones most at risk. Um, so if you're writing the competency down, you should probably run yourself through it um, and everyone else as well. Yeah, good advice. It'd be good to get um, 
everyone on farm, one person has first aid, eh? I just thought about that before. Yeah, so you should definitely have a first aider um, accessible, um, even if, you know, the first aid, provide first aid is three yearly, your CPR is one yearly, but in all honesty, if you go and get the training um, and it expires, you're still first aid trained, it just means that your accreditation has expired, it still gives you the knowledge that you're going to need to respond, Um, not too much changes over the years, um, which CPR changes every now and again, uh, but yeah, this is something you should definitely look into first aid trained people, even if they are working by themselves, they still need to know how to respond. Yeah, that's it. So for anyone out there looking to reach out and get in touch, how can someone reach out to you if they're looking for training courses or like? Yep. So uh, our regional workplace safety.com, um, the websites uh, online we are on Facebook, all over Facebook, actually, because it's it's a really good platform for, for ads and things like that, even though it does shit some people. <laughs> um, link, I am on LinkedIn under my name, so Shay Clifford, S-H-A-Y, and Clifford, like the big red dog. Um, you can contact us on 08-8842-1547. Um, yeah, we're seven days a week. I'll get to your call at some point or your email at some point. Um, I value or respect getting back to people um, in a timely manner. So, yeah, stay safe and I, I hope I can impact the, the industry a little bit more. That's it. And hopefully with your seven days on, you don't burn out yourself and so you can look after the rest of us. Uh, yeah, I'll have to palm some work off to some people, I think, and my wife might need to to up her game in the words per minute she can type so <laughs> beautiful so mate the question i asked before we go is for the farms Wise podcast who else would you like to hear on here and why um yeah I, I guess employment's one of those things that is is a bit of an issue at the moment yeah. um so if we could speak to someone that has some sort of uh understanding of of getting some more resources around the country uh COVID's really screwed up our international workforce. Um, we've got a certain percentage of Australians that don't want to work. Um, we've got to work out how we're going to get the workforce out to the farmers. Um, and that's not just farming either. That that could be grapes or fruit or anything all around the country. Um, so I'd be interested in that. Um, and, and I am looking at starting out a, a registered training organisation and, and training up um, and endorsing uh, some agriculture workers yep. so that is a project that i want to take on so i'm pretty pretty interested in that area and i think anyone that suffered an injury or uh, been investigated by the regulator or anything like that would be good to interview um just just to pick out their learnings from it um and it is an eye-opening situation when you have to watch a, a regulator go through a farmer um yeah they expect they expect gold yeah. And uh, and we don't we don't have that and it's not reasonable for us to have that, but we should we should definitely aim for silver to start with um, and see yeah, see what we can build on. Thanks for tuning in to a farms advice episode. Go to farmsvice.com.au for more information and spread the word. If you love this episode, give it a sneaky five star review on Apple Podcasts so we can reach more farmers right across Australia. But until then, next Tuesday. Keep on farming.
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.